0: Your weekly Debo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 28. Hey, I I hope you're having an awesome day today. And again, whatever time of day it is, I hope it's awesome. Um, Something that's been really encouraging for me is that some of you have been reaching out to me via social media. Others are people who actually live in town who are just encouraged. Like, man, thank you for doing this. Thank you for the podcast. Really appreciate it. And I loved. I I met someone today who was like, I literally listened to it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Another lady came up to me and she's like, I've been going on jogs. And it's been so great. So just thank you. Thank you for those of you who are listening. Would love nothing more than for you to continue to take the next steps in your journey uh, with the Bible, in faith, with Christ, uh, going a little deeper. But I'm glad for so many of you this has been encouraging and helpful. Um, It's why why I'm doing this. And I am really, really enjoying it. Um, I had a really cool meeting this week. Now, I am not a meeting guy. I don't know if some of you are total meeting people, like you love meetings. I am not one of those people. Most meetings I attend, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? But I had a really great meeting this week. Uh, I met with a man from Egypt. And uh, this man, he was a pa- he's a pastor, uh, he's a church planter, and so uh, he was. Uh, I'm the serve pastor uh, at our church, uh, which means basically like a missions pastor, and and so I'll, a lot of times people will come in and they they want to you know they want to show me they want to tell me about their ministry and and try to maybe even get our church to support. And so I meet with people often, or talk on the phone, or email people. But met with this man uh, through the recommendation of a good friend, and and uh, met with him. And he was telling me about what they're doing. And the more and more I listened to him, I had only scheduled an hour meeting because I never know how it's going to go. And I, I literally canceled everything because I just like, I just wanted to continue to listen to what this man was talking about. And what he was talking about is church planning in, in the Middle East. He's talking about Syria he's talking about Yemen, talking about Morocco and in Egypt. And, he, and, and as he was explaining what was going on, I, I couldn't help but think, man, this, this is so mind-blowing. Like, these men who are planting these churches are are, are literally putting their lives uh, at, at risk to, to make sure other people come to know Jesus. I mean, he was saying in, in some of those countries that to even own a Bible is a death sentence. To just If you just own a Bible— that it is a death sentence, and yet these men are, they're coming and they're getting training, and then they're going back into their countries, and they're smart. They're starting these churches to share the good news of Jesus Christ. They're these underground churches, and I just kept thinking, what faith it must take to do that? Like, what what kind of conversation do you have with your wife or your family when you're explaining to them that, listen, I know this might kill me? I'm, I know they might kill me, but I have to share this good news. It, it, it was so humbling. Have you ever had those moments where you're having a conversation with somebody and you just realize like, wow, I do not have faith like that. I, I desire it. I really, really desire it. But I don't have faith like that. And there are oftentimes as I'm listening to these men uh, talk or as this man was even talking about some of the pastors and some of the people that they've seen come to know Jesus, like I'm, I'm thinking that whole time, like, do I really believe Uh, that deeply about our God? Do I really trust him that deeply that I would put my my life on the line? Now, my heart says yes. Like, I really believe that I would do that and want to do that because I believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. But I was so challenged this week, so convicted, so overwhelmed as I met with this man talking about what a gift and what an honor it was to go share the good news of Jesus in places that nobody wants to go to. He's telling me about his heart to reach the Muslim nation and how many millions of Muslims needed to be reached. And my heart kind of came alive and my faith came alive and I, w- I felt challenged and overwhelmed. And, and so it reminded me of this passage as I was thinking through it, uh, and the passage is in the context of talking about eternity. And so Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 7. But if you actually start off in chapter 5, verse 1, you can read the greater context of this passage. But he says this, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body here on earth, we are away from the Lord for we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the part that got me. I just kind of paused back in that moment and I thought, well, I think that's incredibly important. Just that it's just it feels like a little tag on the end of a, a massive passage, a massive declaration that he's making all throughout 2 Corinthians 5. But I think it's really important. It's that little section of scripture that got me. I thought, boy, oh boy, what does it mean to walk by faith? and not by sight. And as I thought about this church planter, about the pastors in which he was talking about, I couldn't help but think about faith, about walking by faith and not by sight. And I think faith may be one of the most misunderstood concepts, ideas in the Bible. Um, But I also get it. Like I understand, especially I would say living here in the West, I think creates all kinds of tensions, all kinds of uh, struggles uh, as it relates to faith. And so I I understand that, you know, like we we talk about faith in the Christian, as Christians, we talk about faith. We want to have faith, but when it comes to actually living that faith out, are actually taking the steps of faith as it relates to stepping outside of the boat. If you think about Peter walking on the water, we quiver in fear. In many ways, I, that example that, that, I, that if you put that in your mind, you're on the edge of a boat, you're in the middle of a storm, and you decide that you're going to walk on water, that creates in us a sense of like, oh my gosh, could I do it? But then immediately we realize, no, my life is going to be in jeopardy and I'm probably going to die. And we quiver in fear. And the reason why we quiver in fear is because we crave the predictable. Don't you mean? We crave the predictable, right? We want one plus two to equal three in every scenario of our life. Lives. We want everything to work out. We want I, the word we use a lot of times here. I use a lot of times is we want a utilitarian pathway. Take this step, then this step, then this step. And look, it'll all work out, right? Go to this college, get this degree, then you'll get this job. And then you'll get this pension and you'll have this retirement. Like all these different steps, right? We crave logic. It may have, has to make sense, it has to be proven scientifically in order for us to believe that it is true. And the reality for so many of us is this. We just crave boxes. We crave boxes. We crave uh, making sure that all of it is fits in a nice tidy box that we can put a bow on top and say, See there, now that makes sense. What we really want is we want sight. We only want to believe and live in what we truly understand. And this is what Paul is addressing with this little tagline that he's coming after and he's trying to help us understand, try to bring us to a, a point of conviction. He's trying to say to the church, this is who we really are as people who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. We walk by faith. And not by sight. I remember sitting with Suresh. (laughs) If if you're going to listen to this podcast, I'm just going to let you know. This guy has so shaped my life. He's a mentor to me. And and so I use things I've learned from him over the last 11 years a lot. So you're going to hear about him a lot. But... Uh, One of the things he had said, I I had asked him early on, like, tell me about Americans, like tell me over the years as, as you've been traveling to America, like what have you learned? And he said some very beautiful things. He said, America is one of the most is the most generous country in the world. And I remember that bothering me at first and me kind of resisting that until I realized that, no, we really are. Like, we really are a generous country. And we really do try to help other nations, right? Not always, the, not always doing it the right way, but we have a heart to help. We really do want to help. And so he says some very positive things. But then he turned a corner in this pause that he had. And he said, but one thing that really concerns me about your country is this. You believe God with your heads and not with your hearts. That everything has to make sense in your heads. You lack faith as a nation. And he's right. And that was that statement, that moment I had with him I'll never forget. And it was really convicting because I had realized for me personally, and maybe you can relate with this, it's true. I want the predictability. I want the logic. I want the boxes. And so faith is coming into complete conflict in many ways. Not all the time, but in in conflict with those those things, with those moments. You know, the thing that Suresh has taught me over the years, uh, in fact, Harvest India, uh, the organization that Suresh is the president and his mother started, Lalitha, uh, an amazing woman of faith. If there's one thing that we could say about Lalitha is that she was a woman, a matriarch of the faith. And so the ministry lives into that faith. And... Uh, one of the things that the the ministry lives by is a prayer that Suresh prayed when he first started the when he first took over the ministry from his mother, and it was this prayer: "God, don't give me a need that you can't meet," which means this: there are needs that are constantly showing up on his doorstep, and what he assumes as a result of that need showing up is that God is going to provide, and he runs the ministry that way and over the years we reached thousands and thousands and thousands of people because we believe in a God that is going to provide if he has brought the need to us that is faith faith is not in many ways at least in this context faith is not like this well-developed plan that we're going to take care of X amount of people and it's going to take X amount of dollars no faith in in Suresh's eyes are God will bring the need and God will bring the resources. He will take care of us. He is in control. That's what real faith is all about. And so I started thinking about what is the struggle and what does this mean for us? And what does this mean for our relationship with God? And, and, and it's this, if I think about God, why would he give us something if he knew that we would worship that thing more than him, meaning this. The faith is the movement to the heart of God. The movement to the heart of God. It is the step out of the boat, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, as Hebrews says, in Hebrews 12, 1. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus that we start taking the steps. That's faith why would he say to peter hey peter listen i'm going to lay out the plan for you you're going to put you're going to take one foot out you're going to put it on the water i promise you you're not going to sink okay take the next step and next step i just want to let you know if you take your eyes off of me you're going to sink he none of that's recorded what's recorded is that, that that peter just steps outside of the boat because that's where that true relationship exists that true faith exists in that step in the unknown, in the unpredictable, ambiguous world of the kingdom of God that is here and present all around us? And why would he rob us of that? By always giving us the answers. You know, so many people, and and me included, God, give me the answer and give me the answer. And he's like, I think you want the answer more than you want me. And why would I give you the answer when faith Faith is what I'm looking for. Faith is going to to revive your soul and your spirit. But because we're addicted to logic and predictability, we miss out on this so much. And so within the context of this passage, what's really being said and what's really being exposed is this. If we trust God with our eternity... Right? We accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. I hope all of you listening have done that. Accepted him as our Lord and Savior and believing that he has created an eternity for us to live in, in relationship with him. Why do we struggle so deeply with faith in our day-to-day lives? If we trust him with our eternity, why won't we trust him With our day-to-day activities and that was the convicting thought for me I'll trust him with my eternity but do I trust him with my job do I trust him with my family do I trust him with my health do I have faith in those ways or am I just so addicted to sight and logic that I am missing out on this beautiful adventure that he has on me an adventure into a relationship of trusting him head to toe day to day and for the rest of my life. You see, faith in God means faith, not just in eternity, but in all of life. And so why do we trust God only with our eternity and not with our everything? I wonder if that might be a question that you would ask today. Why do I only why do I trust God for my eternity? but I, I I'm not trusting Him with the different things I'm going to experience throughout the day. and maybe that might be a place that you would repent, that we would repent and be right and whole before him so that we can live in faith to what He's called us to do. So, to the God who controls all, we have faith in you, and we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heart. Until next time.